Hi everyone. So today <clears throat> I want to talk about um the connection to yourself and how important that is and how that impacts your life and really how you feel about how anyone has the power to do anything to you or not. And it's interesting because I like I said earlier, I had completely lost my connection to myself. And I had become this um people-pleasing doormat, if you like, and I was uh 100% like molded externally. So I had picked up what I thought was like valuable, what was likable in society and what was uh, validated by external authorities to create this persona to put on this mask of a person that I thought I was at the time but that or uh, like today I know that was not me but every version of ourselves every um mask that we put on every uh like persona that we are that we wear when we are in it we are always convinced that that is who we are and nothing could be less true like unless you have uh uncovered all of the stuff that was like conditioning versus like your truest most authentic self there are chances that the version of you that you think you are isn't actually you it is a part of you wearing stuff and so it's just a question of like do you want to be um wearing all sorts of layers of protection and like uh, armor or are you so grounded and centered in yourself that you're willing to like go out naked in the streets and be like comfortable that way <laughs> and so um there's something very powerful in that in finding that connection to yourself that centeredness and that groundedness and walking in the world with that and if the, i had one thing that i would love to teach um people how to do is exactly that finding that connection back to yourself and mm, like when i found it my experience of finding that connection to myself I was like, wow, I found this. This is so precious. I am never letting that go and I am protecting it fiercely. And this is what leads my life, my decisions. And so trusting because I had lost the connection. And it's so easy when you lost the connection to doubt yourself and to think that you don't really know and that you can't really feel and that you can't really trust yourself because you've made mistakes before <clears throat> but one thing is clear to me is that i had lost that connection to myself i was disconnected from myself disconnected from my body from my emotions disconnected from anything that could give me a signal to know in my body whether a thing was good for me or not or not whether a relationship was good for me or not and i wouldn't say good for me i would say 
whether I felt good or it felt safe because good for you is is like kind of abstract because sometimes <laughs> things that are actually mm, on the first level bad for you are actually good for you and what you needed to move on to the next step in your life. I was reading something on social media and it said like whatever you're going through right now is preparing you for exactly what you asked for. So it's like in this process where you're like sitting somewhere someday and you're asking for something. You're like, I would love to have a, a fulfilling, nourishing uh, relationship. And you ask for it. And, as, and then a whole bunch of things happen and you're like, why is this happening? But all of the things that happen are there to kind of um, help you um, build the power or the muscle strength that you need in order to actually be the type of person who can hold or who can have whatever it is, the thing that you asked for. And that is true in everything. Um, so yeah, it's fascinating to me how all of these relationships in our world, um, are mirrors. And one person who I love, um, how she put it, because uh, I was listening to her podcast and her name is Nadine Zumut and she speaks about the relationship to money and how it's um, a fertile ground for your stuff to come up. And um, my experience has been like the place where I looked at for my stuff was more in relationship, in intimate relationships and then later in like friendships and family and stuff like that. So like my my experience of what was holding the mirror up to me in the most significant way has been through my relationships. So that's how I was able to see where I can situate myself is in my relationship to myself, to my children and with my uh, husband, um, friends, family. So like relationships have been a really like a, a fun learning playground for me and later money, but like, that's not what attracted my attention. And what Nadine says is that like money is a part of life. And so sometimes you might, <clears throat> you might not be a business owner. You might not have a partner. You might not have children, uh, or anything to like reflect back to you some of your wounds, but like everybody needs to have a relationship with money because money is a part of life. And so money is one of the good ones to see yourself. And I found that super interesting. And I was like, wow, this is, there's a parallel to be made with everything. And I remember, um, in working with, uh, Demetra, Demetra Gray, we had an exercise to grow plants and see how the plants were a reflection of us. And that was super interesting for me as well, because like, there is really something to be looked at in all the spheres of your life, if you are willing to see what's actually there, it's really fun. And so if you play the, if you're willing to play the game and to observe, how am I in this relationship? Well, then there's important information to be, uh, to be found there. And, um, I wanted to mention also, um, Jordan and Dimitra's program which they are holding together. It's called The Circle and it's really amazing. 
and um, Jordan is really uh, relationship focused. So like the, 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 I think the original um, circle, well, one part of the circle is definitely about relationships to relationships to people or to whoever you want. But like, essentially you have relationships with everything in your life. And so if you uh, just want to work on anything in your life, the key to working on anything in yourself and in your life and in general, like happiness, if you like, is about your relationships to anything. And so in being in uh, Jordan and Dimitra's space, um, I was able to learn even more about myself just because of the, like being relationship oriented. So and relationships were so abstract to me before in the way that I interacted in relationship. And so there's something interesting that I read also in um, uh, Harville and Helen's work. So they uh, wrote Getting the Love You Want, and they also wrote um, a book for parents. So I think it's Giving the Love That Heals. And there's something in that because I've, I've been rereading the books. I had read them before and I've been rereading the parenting one and also the relationship one for couples just to see how I was receiving uh, their work as of today, like this version of myself. And there's something that they call the space between and how like, because you always like abstractly know that a relationship is something that's living, that needs to be tended to, but then re-imaging the thing as an actually like a space between two people and then the image they had was like a, a weave and like every negative interaction cutting the weave apart and um, when you want to reconnect or to repair or to cultivate the relationship, well then it, it, it sews the thing back together. And there's something really incredible in that. And also in, um, Stephen R. Covey's, uh, seven habits book, um, there's something about like depositing money in the relationship account or something like that before withdrawing. So negative interactions with withdrawing from the account and eventually like falling into debt if you don't have any money in the account versus cultivating and depositing, uh, like, positive interactions and connection and connection. So connection to others and to yourself is like the thing that is the most important, well, to me, and that has made most of a difference in my, in my life. And, um, I would really like, it's one of the most important things, your connection to yourself, your connection to the whole if you believe that you can be connected to the whole, but I, I find there's really something there. So your connection to yourself, your connection to the whole, your connection to others and see how you, how you show up in those relationships to other people or to other things and other things or people being also like your, your body. This one has been a good, a, a good one. Cause like I, I didn't relate to my body in the same way that I relate to it now. And that has been interesting also. So just like in the relationship with food or like with, with physical strength and like, um, even like 
makeup or like hair it's just like I will go more into depth with that but like there's there's something there so like in our relationship to everything there is something that you if you're willing to look at you will see and you can be amazed at all the things that you find about yourself and so that point all these little things for me have been pointing to conditioning to beliefs and I was like oh why do I think that is this mine Or where does this come from? Does this come from my family? Does this come from school? Does this come from society? Does this come from... Like, where did I pick up the information in order to believe something about myself or about the world? And then I just carry this thing on and, like, I move on with my life and I don't know that I'm holding this belief and that it's creating stuff around me. And so that has been a really interesting process. Um, but bringing things back to your relationship to yourself. So I, I like, I have been, um, like I said, in relationships that didn't feel good, but I just didn't know what was happening because I had lost the connection to myself, to the part of me that could say, Hey, this doesn't feel good. Like no to this, walk away, go do something else. And, um, in finding that once you cultivate that and you keep it, you know, deep down and you know in your body that that like whatever feels whatever is for you and what is not for you because there is a wisdom in your body in your cells in your inner knowing there is wisdom that can indicate to you whether you're a yes or a no to any given situation and you always have the power to walk away and um Yeah. So, but bringing it back to cultivating the relationship to yourself, like it's easy to prioritize everything else except ourselves. And I'm talking about this coming from a place where um, it was just my default way of operating, prioritizing other people's needs in relationship and prioritizing all sorts of things over my own needs and not even knowing what my needs were. And so just like in the process of slowing down, there's something really valuable in like emotions being kind of indicators that something needs to be looked at and actually looking at the thing and taking back your power and saying to yourself, like, what do I need here? what needs to be adjusted. And the thing we tend to do with emotions, especially like in ourselves and even like in children or in anybody really, is that we want to like, we want to make them stop. We want to feel comfortable. And so it's like, what people find comfortable is like, not taking up too much space, not making too much noise, not, um, like making waves, not rocking the boat. And so that's what makes people comfortable. And as soon as something like an emotion can be really intense and it's like a wave. And as soon as the wave comes, people are like, oh no, make it stop. And then in make, in, in focusing so much about making the emotion stop, people forget to look at the valuable information that the emotion is actually bringing to you. And it's the same with children like when they're crying or they're mad or like they they're throwing a tantrum it's never to just like 
make you uncomfortable in public. And like, who cares about like people around? Like I have, like, I just have zero that in my body of like people looking at me if I'm at a restaurant and like my kid is, is crying. Like, I'm like, okay, like I'm with my kid. So like, it's like, for me, the world disappears and I'm, whether it's happening with myself. So I'm like centered in myself and like seeing what there's to see inside, or I'm like really with the person. And that's what, that, that was something new for me, like completely holding space for someone to have their emotions without feeling the need to make it stop or to make it less or to like look at what people are going to think. It's like, I'm with you. And like, I feel that uh, energetically and it can be physical, like just holding someone like my child, holding them and letting them have their emotion without making it wrong without trying to diminish it, without uh, intervening, without rescuing them from it. Because I, so this is a whole other thing, but like there is this, um, in French it's called Le Triangle de Drame de Carpman. And what I, how I learned it in English was just called victim consciousness. So there's this thing about like a rescuer, a persecutor, and a victim. And so in my learning of these things, I was a rescuer. And it's called starting gate rescuer because it's not, it doesn't define who you are again. It's just uh, your default way of operating that you have learned whenever in your life. And so you're, you're just comfortable entering this triangle in one of the three roles, uh, rescuer, persecutor, or victim. And so as a starting gate rescuer there's also something about wanting to rescue people from their emotions and wanting them to feel better not because you truly care about them but because it makes you uncomfortable and um yeah so just like holding space for someone who's having an emotion is something that I have learned and that I didn't even know existed I was like wow there is something beautiful in having my own emotions and there's something beautiful in letting someone having their emotion and just witnessing them and holding them in that moment all the while letting them have it like it's theirs it's not yours to take or to diminish or to solve or to fix it's just theirs and this has been really really helpful with children and um yeah I just want to say like so emotions have been like the entryway to this connection to myself you cannot have a connection to yourself if you do not have a relationship with your emotions I had no well I had no emotions I had emotions I just like swallowed them down I didn't let them exist and so in reading all sorts of things I was like if every emotion that I ever had that I did not move or release is stuck somewhere in my body like no wonder my body is like tight all over the place I had like yeah a lot of repressed anger um all the emotions essentially I used to relate to my emotions as if they were um like something annoying that needed to be put pushed aside because my emotions prevented me from being productive my emotions prevented me from performing. My emotions um, just made me what I thought, like, feel like shit. Who wants to feel like shit? I want a constant high. And it's like, I want to be all bubbly and happy and productive all the time and, like, live in this eternal summer. And not 
I like it's like everything to stop myself from touching or going down in all the 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 what people qualify as like being negative emotions. And something that I've learned is that like no emotions are negative. Emo- an emotion is just an emotion. It's like a wave. It brings sensation in your body and it indicates something that you might want to look at. And sometimes there's nothing to look at. It's just an emotional release. And I've been teaching this to my kids. It's really funny because I'm like, sometimes it's your own emotion and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's somebody else's emotion that kind of like crept in, that happens. And sometimes it's just like a collective thing that happens also. So sometimes it doesn't, you don't need to know why. You just need to um, let the wave come and like hold the sensation. So when the wave is coming, I've been reading this in this like children's book. I'm going to link the book. It's it's so amazing. And like the, the children's book really uh, helps connect with that sensation. So it's like emotions bring sensation and the sensation tells you something. And oh, wow, that I love that book. I will definitely link the book. And so I was like, all children need to learn these basic things of, of what's happening in this body that we're in and just to not make anything wrong. And so I have a five-year-old boy and we have an almost one-year-old girl. And I want to be really careful about what we teach them about their emotions. And like, because there's this uh, stereotype thing of like, um, men are not allowed to cry and like women are not allowed to be angry. And it's so important for me to give both of them full permission for like the whole emotional spectrum, because in that you have this connection to yourself and you know how to situate yourself in this world and know what, like, like I said, what are you a yes to? What are you a no to? And if, and the problem that I have that we have or whatever the society that I had is that like through all of our experiences, as we walk through life and from a very young age, everything disconnects us from ourselves because it disconnects is discon we are disconnected from our body and from our emotions and so just think of it that way and so my children have been really helpful in this journey for me to learn how to cultivate this relationship with my body and so emric is getting a little older and it's a lot of more it's a lot more work for him to keep this connection to his body and i'm very mindful and i'm like I I play with words where like when he, I don't know, like is playing and then like suddenly hurts himself or like, I don't know, falls down, like not the steps, but like slips down as he's walking down the steps for like no apparent reason. And I'm like, oh, I think this is a signal. He's like, do you, you," I'm like, do you perceive the signal too? And he's like, yeah, maybe I'm like, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you tired? Um, Do you need a hug? And so like, we are very aware of each other and like how your default, uh, resourced, nourished, uh, way of operating is. And as soon as you're kind of off, well, just noticing that you're off and then being able to say, what do I need here? And sometimes, so we have like all of this language of like, how do you feel? Like, is your love tank, uh, empty or full? Like, do you, do you how does your love tank feel? Oh, maybe I need a hug. And like, thirst and all of like so basic needs that we notice together and for a baby it's funny because like it's it's 
it's more like they just know. So a body, a, a body, a baby that is content is just content. And then if something's wrong, like you will know, especially our daughter, she is very fiery. And so she's like super calm and then really mad and then really happy again and like really quickly. And I love that about her. <laughs> And it, yeah, so in terms of uh, like personality or temperament, like Emmerich and I are similar and Alex and Charlie's, uh, our daughter, they are uh, similar. So like they, like, it's like they don't hold a grudge or anything, but they're like really like it's zero to a hundred really fast. And then back to like normal, uh, happy, content state. And so Charlie's, um, like the only moments where she was really mad is like if she's tired or if she's hungry and it's my job as a mom to pick up the cues that she's tired and I have this with Emmerich also because we spend a lot of time together as I said like I homeschool so we're like together Emmerich and Charlize and I and so she <laughs> uh I, I said there are three stages of like being tired and like I'm responsible for picking up the cues of the first stage so like first stage of being tired is like I'm just like yawning and like rubbing my eyes and then I'm like there's crazy tired and now it's kind of like a, another mom called this like a like a I don't know like the battery the extra battery or like the last yeah the last bit of energy that you have left so like crazy tired so now she starts laughing and she's just like bumping around and like it's crazy how we notice like it's so obvious like the three stages and it's the same thing for adults. It's just that we ignore the signs. But all this to say, so crazy tired. And like my happiest moments are like when they're both crazy tired. It's it's like, I feel, <laughs> it feels like a bad thing to say. But like when both of my children are kind of in that phase, they're just like really funny. And like, yeah, it's just a nice moment. But it's a nice moment that I know that I need to uh, stop before it becomes something negative. And so, uh, yeah, crazy tired and like, she's just like happy and throwing herself around. And like, that's the phase in which they could actually get hurt because they're just like having fun, but like not really being in control of their body or their emotions. And then there's like, uh, I'm sad and angry and throwing a fit tired. Cause that's the last stage of like, I already like rubbed my eyes and yawned. I already just threw myself around in like crazy ways to tell you that I'm tired. And now I'm screaming that I'm tired and that you, I need to go to bed. And most people ignore or do not even perceive the signs of the first stages and always wait for like the fit. And when the fit happens, people are like, why are you having such a fit? And the problem is not that your child is having a fit. The problem is that your child was tired and he told you, but you didn't listen. And that's the same thing in life with ourselves and with our emotions. And so there's something that someone said, I don't know like who it was originally, um, about like the whisper. So like, do you hear life's whisper? So there's something about life whispering to you like, hey, this little thing needs attention. And then like, I heard all sorts of versions, but like, uh, I think it was Nadine again. She said an intuitive slap in the face, like, Hey, wake up. Uh, or like a tap on the shoulder. Okay. I heard like whisper first stage and then like slap in the face or tap on the shoulder. And then there's like, 
the train or the Mack truck or the accident or like the a sledgehammer. Jordan said that one. Yeah, something really big requiring you to listen. It's like, hey, I already whispered. Now I'm tapping you on the shoulder, slapping you in the face, and then I'm like, gonna squish you until you listen. And so there's something about life in that. There's something about our needs and just listening. And so the key for me has been slowing things down and listening. And it feels so simple today. But I was so numb. Like I can't even, it's hard for me to remember at the time, but like I remember having this like it was super easy for me to compartmentalize all the things that were happening in my life so compartmentalizing is like essentially like you have worries or a problem or anything and like you 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 have all that in your head and you're able to like close the drawer lock and like not think about this specific thing for a given period of time And as I was saying to a friend um, this morning, like, I think there's value in both. So there's value in being able to set your emotions aside in order to function. And there's value in being able to put all the functioning aside and being 100% with your emotions. And I think the problem is when you're not able to do one or the other. So when you're either not able to function ever or not able to feel anything ever, there's a problem in that. But like having the skills to be able to navigate both ends, I think is something useful. And then you decide where you want to be, like what is your default way of operating? And so before I used to be in functioning, performing, like productive all the time. And like, I didn't even have access. I didn't know how to feel. And now my default or my norm is the feeling, the openness, the, um, yeah, slowness. And sometimes I just put the switch on and I go into functioning mode when I need to get something done. So, which is, which makes me super efficient and productive when I decide that the switch is on. So like for a given period of time, I'm productive, but like my default state is more one of slowness and flow and like connection. And I, I, I'm really intentional about slowing things down. So that's really one of the most important things to me. And so uh, this feels kind of complete for today. I'm just going to stop things here. I'm super happy if ever you have any questions. Um, yeah, questions or comments or anything, any subject you'd like to touch on. But this is it for today. So have a super uh, great day and talk to you soon. Bye-bye.